What's happening, podcast fam? Welcome into episode 76 of My Turf. I'm your host, Ryan Marshall, back with you once again, live from Lower Alabama. Thank you so much for being with us. Remember, this podcast, tell your friends, it's available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It's a podcast about pro and college football, life, and a lot of other stuff that we'll just touch on. Of course, this show has an email address, myturfshow at gmail.com. If you want to submit an honor question or just hit, you know, little shooting the breeze with the host. Of course, I'm on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, Twitter handle, X handle, whatever, RFMarsha11. So last week, we saw some great football games, week one for the NFL, week two for college football, and uh, some went the way we thought they would, others definitely didn't. In the game of football and, and like in life, you know, you can get straight hit in the mouth with like a George Foreman haymaker. It will rock you back and it will send your mouthpiece flying. You can sit there and stare at it, but the son bitch ain't going anywhere. So pick up your damn mouthpiece and go back and lay it on the line again, again, and again. Oh, uh, wash that damn thing before you put it back in. Just remember that. Uh, the good teams, they can bounce back from a good butt whooping. And because they know you never want to waste a failure. So the title track of episode 76, if you didn't get the boxing reference, pick up your mouthpiece. Uh, So if you're the Alabama Crimson Tide, the New York Giants, the Cincinnati Bengals, and the Pittsburgh Steelers, all of these teams will be fine. And I'm not trying to sell you rainbows and sunshine. These are proven good programs. But remember, you are what you are right now. A one-loss team. Everyone is throwing shade at. It's basically what you are right now. Am I the right guy to be giving you advice? Probably not, but I'm optimistic for your team and my own. So let's ride together. First, I do want to start off by saying, um, you know, our thoughts and prayers, of course, to Aaron Rodgers. I heard some backlash, of course, from Packer fans being like, hey, look, it's karma. Um, It was a little bit of karma, probably. You know, you came back to be petty, it seems like, towards your former franchise. A lot of us were upset because you were giving them um, a sweeter deal. A better side of yourself, it seemed like. You were there, preseason camp, the OTAs, all of it. Gave them a discount. You never gave that for the Packers. They brought all your favorite toys over there. Heck, we brought we brought back Randall Cobb, too. So, um, some of us were a little bit resentful towards him, but none of us wanted to see him hurt. Uh, last night in that game, I'll just tell you this. It was just shocking to me. Like it, I was just in shock. I didn't even know what to say. I was just like, he played four snaps. And, like, he's done. He's just done for the season. He's torn his Achilles heel, and it's like, it's 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 done for. Um, God, it really breaks your heart um, for that organization because they put so much investment into him and putting players that are not only good players but players that were close to him. And uh, it's a bummer for them, but at the end of the day, the Jets have a terrific defense. They went out there played their butts off, got it to overtime with Zach Wilson at quarterback, had an amazing walk-off punt return. Um, I mean, it was absolutely cool. It was the coolest way to end a game. And, uh, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was remarkable. It was such a special event and evening anyway because you saw Rodgers was going to be out there, one of the most uh, impactful quarterbacks of our generation, not to mention – you know, being on 9-11, how much it means to that city. And like I said, you know, it's just a special, special environment. The energy was really good. And it got deflated a little bit when Rodgers got hurt. But 
at the end of the day was a terrific, terrific football game. And, of course, the Jets still win in overtime, 22-16. to Josh Allen was horrendous. He cost the Bills the game, basically. He threw three interceptions to Jordan Whitehead, the safety with the, uh, the, the Jets. That was awful. I don't know what the heck he was doing. He's still playing hero ball, man, and he should have just let the game come to him. Still trying to do too much, man. Um, and he's, he's he's become a little bit too much of a gunslinger like Brett Favre, and he's going to have to really um, harness that. Remember, we started off Thursday night. Of course, the Lions beat the Chiefs. My overall takeaway from that was the Chiefs still need to sign um, Chris Jones, which they did. One-year deal, got it done yesterday, so he'll be back. That's going to bolster that defensive line so they can have – some key stops on, along that front. But what I saw was that the Lions were a, a very fortunate team. Um, you know, their defense had a couple things go their way with the Brian Branch uh, pick six off of, off the tip. But at the end of the day, I feel like they were just a fortunate team. A lot of drops by Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony, and that led to basically the Lions getting a W. Uh, they played aggressive. Got to give them the credit there. But uh, I think this is more about the Chiefs giving this one away than the uh, Lions winning it. We did have a great, 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 games on list of games on Saturday, excuse me, on Sunday, trying to get to it. Uh, the Falcons, of course, beat the Panthers 24 to 10. Really impressed by Bajan Robinson and Tyler Algier. Uh, Bryce Young showed that he had some, made some rookies mistakes and Desmond Ritter didn't have to do too much as the quarterback with the Atlanta Falcons, but good wins for the Falcons. Defense looked improved and impressed by Arthur Smith. This looks like it's going to be a pretty good team. Um, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, still, still not getting the rock. Um, yeah, still not basically doing anything. It's about Bajon Robinson and Tyler Algier, so get them in your fantasy football lineups because they're going to be running the rock a lot. The Browns, we talked about the Bengals getting hit in the mouth and how they'll respond. They got their ass absolutely kicked. The Bengals got their ass kicked by the Browns 24-3. Deshaun Watson didn't do too much. It was Nick Chubb pounding the rock. And then, of course, the defense led by Miles Garrett, uh, Zedaria Smith, Greg Newsom on one side playing cornerback. Of course, you got Denzel Ward on the other. They looked fantastic. The Browns absolutely played lights out defense. Joe Burrow looked completely confused. It was raining out there. His two tackles, Orlando Brown and Jonah Williams, had their hands full. They couldn't do much at all. And uh, at the end of the day, man, Burrow got benched um, at the end of the game, basically trying to save him because he got that. He just became the highest paid player in the NFL. And um, he just couldn't do too much at all. He couldn't do it all. He had no time back there. And he looked rusty from not playing the rest of the preseason with that calf injury. The Jags look good. They defeat the Colts 31-21. Very impressed by Trevor Lawrence, of course. Calvin Ridley, eight receptions, 101 yards. But I was impressed by Anthony Richardson. He showed a lot of fight. He did get hurt towards the end of the game, but he had them in it. I was just uh, impressed by his um, his play. He really went out there and he, he used his feet as well as he possibly could. Um but, you know, he's still going to have to work on the passing game. But he was fighting, man. He was competing at a very high level trying to keep his team in it. Bucks defeated the Vikings 20-17. to Am I surprised by this? I told you the Vikings defense was going to probably be improved by Brian Flores being the defense coordinator. But I felt like they were going to take a natural uh, regression. They won, like, 11 games last year by one touchdown. So, naturally, that's going to happen. Kirk Cousins, you know. He, it's Kirk Cousins. He's not the most clutch quarterback. He's a solid guy. He's just not a great one. But Baker Mayfield and the Bucks got it done, man. Very impressed by them. Um, just making some plays. Mike Evans, he didn't get the contract, but he still went out there and played. Chris Godwin looked good. Got to give the Bucks, uh, uh, you know, 
just, you know, give them a lot of credit. They went out there with the odds stacked against them. And they got it done against the uh, reigning NFC North champion. So good win for them to start the year. Saints defeated the Titans in a very close one, 16 to 15. That starts the Derek Carr era off on the right foot. Derrick Henry, 15 carries, 63 yards. Still expected more out of him. Chris Olave looked good for the Saints. Eight receptions, 112 yards. Michael Thomas, it was cool to see him back. Uh, he did some things. Not, not incredibly great, but he did some good things. Uh, 49ers defeated the Steelers 30-7. Completely dominated them. Kenny Pickett had no time to throw it. Uh, Najee Harris couldn't do much at all on the ground. It was basically the Christian McCaffrey, 22 carries, 152 yards. Um, one touchdown run he was it was him and then of course Brandon Ayuk eight receptions 129 yards two touchdowns Debo Samuel didn't do much but yeah the uh, 49ers looked absolutely awesome on both sides of the football after Nick Bosa got paid and now he's making 34 million dollars a year highest paid defensive player of all time right now commanders look good getting the win over the Cardinals 20 to 16 Sam Howell one touchdown one interception 202 yards through the air it was just a conservative effort but they got it done, used that defense. They stopped Joshua Dobbs, who's starting in the place of Kyler Murray. Remember, they released Colt McCoy. Josh Dobbs, of course, played football at Tennessee. He's been with the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. Now he's there. It uh, wasn't great. wasn't the prettiest, but, uh, yeah, the commanders got it done. This is definitely a win uh, that they needed because that's the game that you should win. Ravens defeated the Texans 25-9. It was not the prettiest of efforts by Lamar Jackson at all. And it sucks that J.K. Dobbins, who looked really impressive early on, tore his ACL, it looks like. So he's out for the season. They'll have to have that running back by committee again. Gus Edwards, Justice Hill. But at the end of the day, the Ravens defense looked good, of course. Marlon Humphrey, those guys, they got it done. Uh, super impressed. Uh, the Ravens, this is a game that they should win. And they didn't have their best fastball on offense, but defense really bailed them out on this one. And my bad, J.K. Dobbins, he tore his Achilles tendon just like Aaron Rodgers did. How about the Packers and the Bears? Packers dominated the Bears on both sides of the football, 38-20. Jordan Love looked pretty good, guys. Three touchdown passes. Loved what I saw from Aaron Jones, who had a really long touchdown catch. Two receptions, 86 yards, one touchdown. He did leave at the end of the first uh, first half, though. Or, excuse me, yeah, third quarter, excuse me. End of the third quarter with a hamstring injury. He didn't come back in it, but... Uh, to me, the big story was this. We heard all the propaganda, the hype for Justin Fields. It didn't happen. It didn't happen at all. Um, he looked awful, guys. I mean, absolutely awful. Nine carries, 59 yards. He kept his team in it for a little while with the legs, but overall, 24 37, 216 yards passing, one touchdown, one interceptions. The Packers defensive line got after him. Rashawn Gary was on a limited pitch count, but he was there. Lucas Van Ness, the rookie, got after him. Preston Smith on the other side. Kenny Clark and the boys in the middle with Devontae Wyatt. Looked awesome. He got sacked four times. Jordan Love, 15 to 27. Not the most, like, great numbers. 15 to 27, 245 yards, three touchdown uh, passes. But, uh, yeah, it got the job done. Defense looked awesome, 38 to 20 in favor of the Packers, like I said. So that is a good start to the season for them. The Raiders defeated the Broncos, 17 to 16 in a very close game. Jimmy Garoppolo just does enough to get the win. Uh, Broncos... Still not seeing it, Sean Payton, where Russell Wilson just looks like the Russell Wilson of old. I, I don't know what's going on with him. Uh, Jerry Judy did not play in this game. Of course, Cortland Sutton had a key touchdown catch, but guys, I don't know what's going on with him. Garoppolo was solid. Josh Jacobs wasn't able to really do much. Both running games were kind of ineffective, but um, the Broncos probably a little bit more effective running the football with Javante Williams and, and uh you know, and, and Deontay Foreman, but they, they've got to turn it up, man. I don't know what's going on with the Broncos. They got to let 
they got to get this passing thing figured out, and it just seems like it's it's Russell Wilson. Eagles defeated the Patriots 25-20. to Look, the Eagles were up early. Defense was doing the damn thing, and then here came Matt Jones after being down 16, gets it to 16-14 at the halftime, at the half, excuse me, and they lose 25-20. to But the Eagles, you know, they, they showed that, uh, man, they were just kind of maybe caught off guard by Bill Belichick and all the looks he gave. Was not impressed by Jalen Hurts at all. 22 of 33, 170 yards passing. 170 yards passing, guys. One touchdown pass. Nine carries, 37 yards on the ground for him. No touchdown runs. Mac Jones was better through the air, baby. 35 of 54, 316 yards, three touchdown passes, one interception. His running game was ineffective. Stevenson only had 25 yards. Zeke Elliott had 29. So really wasn't the best day for the Patriots on the ground when they want to pound the rock. But Mac Jones looked good. He found Hunter Henry a couple times. Uh, you know, he just he just looked impressive to me. I was I was happy to see that at least that Mac was was competing, and uh, they're gonna have to get things rolling though with the Eagles on the offense side of the football. Hopefully, the Patriots didn't expose that offense. Uh, it is Bill Belichick after all. How about the guy though? This guy, absolutely just blown away by him. Um, the Dolphins defeated the Chargers thirty six. The 34, great back-and-forth game, guys. Austin Eckler had a huge day on the ground. 16 carries, 117 yards uh, for the for the Chargers. He got banged up. He did come back in. But I got to say it, man. Justin Herbert, pretty good numbers. 23 of 33, 228 yards, one touchdown, zero interceptions, three sacks on him. But it was he just wasn't clutching those right moments. He had a chance to come back, get him into field goal position, and he didn't get it done. So, like I keep saying, it, it, as I got to just keep kind of saying it, he is not the most clutch quarterback. The guy that is clutch on the other side was Tua Tunga Valola. 28 of 45, 466 yards passing, three touchdowns, one interception, absolute monster day for him. His running game was not the best with Mostert and Ahmed. Uh, of course, Devin A-Chain, the running, rookie running back, did not play in this game, but Tyreek Hill, 11 catches, 215 yards, two touchdowns, long of 47. He got 15 targets. Jalen Waddle did his thing. Four receptions, 78 yards. Broke a nice one for 35 yards. So, again, this is a two evenly matched teams. But when it comes to the quarterback position, the clutch quarterback showed out. And, of course, that's Tua, man. Absolutely amazed by him. QB rating of 110, baby. Unreal. Great game for Tua. So happy for him after all the talk, you know what I mean, with the t- concussions and stuff. How about the Rams? Looking good. Defeated the Seahawks 30-13. to Impressed by Matthew Stafford. Got to talk about Cooper Cup being out. 2-2 Atwell. He really showed up in this game, man. They, ha- I was like, well, who are they going to go to? Robert Woods ain't there, guys. Supposedly, it's going to be Van Jefferson. And Van Jefferson and Tyler Higby were really not that impactful. Higby had a nice 30-yard catch. But the guy that came out was Puka Naku. Is a uh, rookie wide receiver out of BYU. Fifth-round guy. Look good out there. Get him on your fantasy football teams. He had 15 targets, 10 receptions, 119 yards. Super, super impressed. I was not impressed by the Seahawks. Kenneth Walker, they should have fed him the ball more, I felt like, but they got behind. DK Metcalf had a nice 28-yard touchdown grab, but Jackson Smith and Jigba, Tyler Lockett, they were really taken away by that that Rams defense. So the Rams looked pretty good. Kyron Williams looked good running the football. Had two touchdown runs. And, of course, you know, Cam Akers added one as well. So, yeah, it's just uh, the Rams look like their old self. Um, they're not that Super Bowl team, but they look good running the football. And Stafford was efficient throwing it. Cowboys dominated the Giants 40 to nothing. 
absolutely took him to the woodshed. Dak Prescott didn't have to do shit. This was all about Tony Pollard running the rock behind that great physical offensive line led by Zach Martin. And the Giants could not do anything on offense, guys. Daniel Jones, every time he dropped back, Dexter Lawrence was just on him. Saquon tried to do his thing, and he really could not get enough holes. They were always playing from behind, it seemed like. Look at the numbers for Daniel Jones. He was sacked seven times, 15 to 28, 104 yards, two interceptions. Saquon, 12 carries, 51 yards. Tony Pollard, just like I said, he he tore it up. Dak Prescott, 13 to 24, 143 yards. Uh, Yeah, he looked pretty, looked just uh, pretty meh. But, you know, they just ran the rock, used that big offensive line. Got to say, I was super, super impressed by Mike McCarthy calling plays. It just seemed like he was flowing a little bit better uh, than he did in years past. And um, when he was with the, you know, with the, with the Packers. But I got to say this. How much input was Aaron Rodgers having on a lot of the play call? Um, and we definitely know he was doing that with Matt LaFleur, uh, changing plays and stuff like that, too. So... To me, it just kind of feels like maybe, you know, a fresh start and a quarterback that you're able to call plays for in the offense using that structure. Sometimes that is uh, super beneficial to what you want to do. And uh, Mike McCarthy was always a great play caller. It just seemed like he got stale at the end, but maybe it was Rodgers more than we thought. And uh, because I tell you what, the Packers, I love the play calling from Matt LaFleur. It was something that um, it was just more wide open. It looked more wide open and stuff that it was just that he wanted to call, not so much stuff that he was calling for Aaron Rodgers, kind of like what Mike McCarthy, McCarthy was doing. So super impressed, man. I loved uh, the opening week of the NFL. Like I said, several good teams got hit in the mouth, but they're going to pick up that mouthpiece, and they're going to get back to it. In week two, let's go ahead and talk about these matchups. And look, don't overreact at all. I know my Packers looked really, really good. They looked like the world beaters of the NFC North, but at the end of the day, we have to still temper expectations you can overreact in week one and can and it can be very misleading let's go ahead and start talking about these week two matchups now thursday night on amazon prime 7 15 it's gonna be the 0-1 vikings at the 1-0 eagles philadelphia favored by seven over under 48 and a half i gotta be honest with you man i was expecting deandre swift to get the bulk of the running uh the uh, the rushes excuse me within this rushing attack for the philadelphia eagles and Kenneth Gainwell looks like the man. Let me take a sip of my Diet Coke, by the way. Ah, so much better now. Anyway, so yeah, can, get Kenneth Gainwell in your lineup. He can catch the football. He's a three-down back. He's, of course, got that home run speed. We all knew that when he came out of Memphis. Yeah, Kenneth Gainwell, dude, he's a dog. Of course, for the Vikings, yes, you're going to play Justin Jefferson. I still like Jordan Addison, but remember, that is a really good secondary with Bradbury and Darius Slay with the Eagles. So I'm going to pick the Eagles, of course, to win this football game over under 48 and a half. Um, You're going to get Jalen Hurts into your lineup and stuff, but watch out a little bit. Maybe temper uh, numbers down a little bit because remember, Brian Flores, um, yeah, he's a part of that Belichick tree. So Belichick just really confused Jalen Hurts a lot. Maybe Brian Flores will do the same. But then again, Eagles could be pissed off. Vikings could be pissed off. They got a lot of something something to prove. Just watch out. You know, they could be dumb. They could be pretty badass. Both teams could be playing at a very high level is what I'm saying. They got a lot to prove. Sunday, September 17th. Your boy's turning 39 on that day. Uh, good God, I didn't need to say that out loud. I just told my age. 
shit. Um, yep, turning 39. If you want to wish me a happy birthday, use my Twitter X handle and uh, my email. But yeah, try to keep that on the DL, okay? All right, Packers at the Falcons. One and no teams. Green Bay favored by two. Over under 40 and a half. 12 p.m. Fox. I like what I saw out of Jordan Love. I like what I saw out of the rushing attack for the Atlanta Falcons. I think this is going to be a pretty good game. Low scoring. I think the Packers on the road. I think they should be able to get it done. I think the Packers have a very good defense. And um, in the past, the Achilles heel, no pun intended towards Aaron Rodgers. The Achilles heel has been the rushing defense, but it looked really good last week stopping Justin Fields. Gave up a couple of big runs to Khalil Herbert that concerned me a little bit. But I do think the Packers know that they got to stop the running game. And uh, when you put Jair Alexander, whether it's going to be on – you know, maybe Kyle Pitts goes on him out wide or he gets straight London. I think he's going to do a good job. So I think the Packers are going to win this in a close game, but it's it's going to be a low-scoring game. Um, I just think I trust Jordan Love a little bit more at the quarterback position right now over Desmond Ritter from what I've seen, just from what I've seen. Remember, the theme always on this show is the known versus the unknown. Don't try to be too optimistic and go out at like just on a on a limb that's just too far fetched. You know what I'm saying? All right, 12 p.m. CBS Raiders at the Bills. Buffalo favored by nine and a half. Over under 47. Josh Allen is coming off the three interception game. Josh Jacobs is going to try to run to the teeth of that defense. I think Josh Jacobs will have a nice day. I do think Devontae Adams is going to bounce back. It looked like Jacoby Myers was getting most of the targets, but Jordavius White will be on him. So, but Devontae will get his, probably hopefully get some numbers. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo versus, you know, Josh Allen. You know, give me the Bills in this matchup. I think they're going to be pissed off. They're going to be back at home, and uh, they should play a lot better. I think the Bills will win this matchup. Okay, remember both teams are one and zero. So finally, somebody will lose. Or, excuse me, the Bills are zero and one. What the hell am I thinking? What's wrong with you, Ryan? All right, Raiders one and zero. Ravens at the Bengals, 12 p.m. CBS. Well, we know Lamar's going to try to get things right offensively under new head uh, offense coordinator Todd Munkin. We know Burrow and the Bengals are going to try to bounce back. They'll be at home, favored by 3.5, over under 46.5. From what I saw last week, the Ravens' defense looks better than I thought, and the offensive line still isn't fixed with Joe Burrow, but you know Burrow's going to be dialed in. They're going to be doing what they can. Expect Zay Flowers to have a nice day, I think, uh, for the Ravens. I just I just like what I'm seeing out of him. He's just an absolute playmaker. Hopefully Mark Andrews will be back involved with this offense. He's held, he's he's hurt right now. Um, if they get him back, they'll they'll probably be better offensively. But I'm gonna take the Bengals in this matchup because it's at home and they are gonna be pissed off. Seahawks versus the Lions, 12 p.m. Fox. Detroit favored by six over under 47. Give me the Lions, man, at home. I like what I saw. David Montgomery was pounding the rock. Of course, you know they got Jameer Gibbs. And, uh, yeah, Mon St. Brown had a really nice day last week against the uh, the Chiefs that I should have mentioned. Get him still in your lineup. You know they're going to do the thing. The Seahawks just don't – we knew that there was going to be some natural regression. Um, you just – Geno Smith, he had a great year last year. He did a great comeback year. But let's, let's kind of temper some expectations. I think the Lions get it done here. Chargers. At the Titans, 12 p.m. CBS. Chargers favored by three, over under 45. Like, I still like what I saw from the Chargers, and I really like what I saw from Josh Kelly, their backup running back. If Eckler is banged up, Kelly landed a nice assist. I think what he had 16 carries, like 91 yards last week. So, yeah, get Josh Kelly as a nice handcuff, too, for Eckler in your fantasy football uh, lineups. If you can, pick him up 
off of waivers. Kenan Allen still looked good. Mike Williams, remember Quentin Johnson's still there. Chargers got a lot of weapons. Titans, AJ, uh, you know, AJ Brown left. Of course, Traylon Burks was supposed to be the next guy up. Didn't do much last week. DeAndre Hopkins, he looked he looked okay. So I'm just not excited about this Titans offense, but it is a Michael Vabral. Uh, coach team so they'll be competitive but I'm going to pick the Chargers in this matchup 12 p.m. Fox Bears at the Bucks Tampa Bay favored by three over under 41 and a half Fields versus Baker Mayfield give me give me the Bucks I was not blown away at all by what the Bears were going to do DJ Moore was completely handcuffed last week um, by the Bears offense it just seemed I don't know what it was Jair Alexander did not trail DJ Moore in this matchup. They should have been able to throw the football to him. I don't know what's going on with the Bears. Um, it's like they don't believe yet in Justin Fields' passing ability. So until that happens, I'm going to go with the Bucks. They got a good defense. They got the weapons on the outside, like we talked about before. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Rashad White is a really good, capable running back. I think they get it done. I was not impressed by it at all by the Bears' defense. I know they spent a lot of money on T.J. Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds at linebacker, but um, it just didn't get it done, man. Chiefs at the Jags, 12 p.m. CBS. KC favored by three, over under 51. They will have Chris Jones back for this matchup. I like what I saw from the Jags, and uh, I don't think the Chiefs, though, are going to lose two in a row. Give me the Chiefs in this matchup. It'll be a close matchup, but the Chiefs get it done. Uh, Do get Travis Etienne in your lineup, though, and Calvin Ridley, because they're still exceptional, exceptional players. As far as a wide receiver, I think Sky Moore is going to bounce back in this matchup, but also look for Marquez Valdez-Scantlin. Remember, pay attention to see what's going to happen with Travis Kelsey at tight end, if he's going to start or not. Of course, you're always going to play Patrick Mahomes in fantasy football. 12 p.m. Fox, Colts at the Texans. Indianapolis favored by one, over under 40. I like what I saw last week from C.J. Stroud. He did some good things. I'm going to take the Texans in this matchup. I just like what they got going on. Damian Pierce, I think he's going to do the thing. But get Michael Pittman Jr. in your lineup. Eight receptions, 97 yards last week. I think he'll be okay, even if he is uh, trailed uh, trailed by um, Derek Stingley Jr. 3.05 p.m. Fox, 49ers at the Rams. San Francisco favored by eight, over under 44.5. Yeah, give me the... uh, Give me the 49ers in this matchup. I just think they're better everywhere. These two teams want to do the same thing. But, yeah, give me the 49ers. Christian McCaffrey, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle. Maybe not have – they're not going to have the most explosive numbers. Uh, probably be a joint effort. But Brock Purdy should be pretty solid uh, to go with if you need some quarterback help. Pick him up off of waivers. I think the Rams are going to have a hard time doing anything against that 49ers defense. But, the, you know, they're going to do their – they're going to get theirs, though. You know what I mean? They're going to rush and get some passing – Get some passing yards, so just temper expectations. 305, Fox, Giants at the Cardinals. Giants favored by 5.5, over under 39.5. They're going to win, and they're going to win big. They're going to be pissed off. Brian Dable's going to get Danny Dimes going. You're going to finally see why they brought over um, Darren Waller, and they're going to have a, he's going to have a huge impact in this game, in my opinion. Jets at the Cowboys. Dallas favored by 8.5, over, over under 39.5. Two really good defenses. Zach Wilson, of course, is going to start for the Jets on the road. I like the I like the Jets in this matchup. And you're sitting there saying, Ryan, you're crazy. Brees Hall looks really good, guys. Look damn good. Um, super impressed. Still with Garrett Wilson. Guy's an absolute monster. The offensive line still concerns me a little bit for the Jets. And uh that could be problematic. But I think the defense for the for the Jets is gonna be problematic for Dak Prescott. And what they want to do as well. So I just think that the Jets 
are going to have a little bit more luck bounce their way, and uh, they're going to win this football game. I, honestly, I don't know. I don't know why I'm picking that. That's got to be my upset of the week because I do think the Cowboys should win this game. That's an upset that I got to pick. Them. I'm going to go with the Jets in this matchup. Don't I, I can completely regret that. I know that, but um, yeah, I'm going to take the Jets in this matchup. Commanders versus the Broncos. Denver favored by three and a half. Over under 39. Give me the Commanders in this matchup on the road. I don't know what it is yet. I just don't trust the Broncos. I love Sean Payton. I just don't know what's going on with Russell Wilson. I'm not a believer yet. But if Jerry Judy plays in this game, swap it to the Broncos. But without Judy, I just don't see it happening. They need to get that guy on the field that gets open. Cortland Sutton is a possession wide receiver. Jerry Judy is a game changer. You know what I mean? He gets open. He's good after the catch. That opens up Javante Williams, you know, running the rock. So watch out for the commanders too. Remember, Brian Robinson Jr. and, of course, Antonio Gibson can really pound the rock as well. Um, it's it's going to be a good game. I just think the commanders got a little bit more firepower with who's healthy right now. But if Judy plays, swap it to the Broncos, right? NBC, 7.20 p.m., primetime game, baby. Dolphins at the Patriots. Patriots at home. Miami's still favored at two, by two and a half, over under 46 and a half. Give me the Dolphins in this matchup. Um, Tua doesn't really lose a whole lot to Bill Belichick. I don't know what it is. He just has like Belichick's number. Um, and of course, he's going up against Mac Jones, who he's familiar with. You know, Mac took over after Tua. I think the, the Dolphins just have too much firepower. And um, until the Patriots really wow me running the football, I've got to go with the Dolphins. They're just more balanced, I feel like, right now. Uh, and it's just really, it, it's just Tyreek Hill is just that awesome, right? Just that awesome. All right, so Monday night, we got two Monday night games. ESPN, 615. Saints at the Panthers. New Orleans favored by three, over under 40. Give me the Saints in that matchup. Love you, Bryce Young. It's going to be a tough matchup for you, man. Um, home debut, I'll be rooting for you. But give me the Saints. I think... Um, I think you're going to have to lean. Jawan Johnson's going to have to make some big-time catches against that Panthers defense. Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, they should do some good things, but that Panthers defense is pretty stout. So it's the Saints defense. will be a low-scoring affair, and I give the advantage to the Saints with the um, you know, with the experience at quarterback. 7-15, ABC, ESPN+. Plus. So this game will be kind of overlapping with the other one. Browns versus the Steelers. Cleveland at home. Cleveland on the road, still favored by 2.5. Over under 40 in Pittsburgh. Give me, you know what, man? Give me the Steelers. I don't see them losing two games in a row. I think Kenny Pickett is going to bounce back. I think that defensive line was just too much for him last week. Now you're sitting there saying, well, Ryan Zedarius Smith looked good, and so did Dam. So did Miles Garrett. And I feel you. I do. But to me, it's the Steelers. The, it's just one of those things where you've got to remember they're at home. Mike Tomlin, that brand, what they want to do after a loss. Kenny Pickett's going to be pissed off. George Pickens is going to get more opportunities. Deontay Johnson, I think they're going to pound Najee Harris. And on Monday Night Football, the Stars are going to come out. And I think the Steelers are going to show you why they're still going to be competitive, even though there's some better rosters out there in the AFC North. Okay, that's what I'm going with. So that's my second upset. I'm going to take the Steelers over the Browns. And I can completely regret that, but that's who I'm going with. So that's going to do it for our NFL picks. Let's take a pause for the calls, and then we'll come back and talk some college football matchups for week three. 
So stay tuned, everybody, here on episode 76 of My Turf. And we're back here on episode 76 of My Turf title track, Pick Up Your Mouthpiece. So I hope you enjoyed that long-winded first version of, uh, first segment of NFL football, you know, talking about the scores from week one and then previewing week two. So we're going to quickly go over college football scores from last week. We'll, we will start off with Alabama. And yeah, I had a ton of questions. So I'm not saying your name on there because I feel like I'm answering it in my rant. So I, I heard... And I saw all your uh, all your tweets in your emails. So, yes, Texas dominated Alabama in the trenches to win 34-24. I do think, you know, a lot of people said, well, Ryan, you picked Alabama to win the national championship. I did. I did. I honestly thought that the structure of the offense would be really good for Alabama. Um, I did. But everything that I thought that could get us, got us. And that was that Jalen Milrow was not going to hit those short to intermediate throws. Remember back during the summer, I said that this was the reason I wasn't picking him to be the starter. But then as the summer went on, after the spring scrimmage, I said, hey, you know what? It looks like by seniority, Saban's giving him first crack. He loves his dual threat ability. And, uh... You know, it's just going to go with it. He's got the playmakers around him, but they're going to lean heavily on the run, use that 12 personnel with the two tight ends, and we'll be solid. We'll be solid. What happened was Texas was so quick up front, super quick, guys. Those big offensive linemen for Alabama couldn't get their mitts on them, and, man, they just had really good gap integrity, too. Very well coached. I do know the defensive line coach very well at Texas, Bo Davis. Uh, his wife is an engineer in the state of Alabama. Actually, know her a little bit, and he was a defensive line coach for Alabama, and he was one of the best to ever do it. Um, he was absolutely developing monsters at the University of Alabama. One of the, I think he's the best defensive line coach in the country. So when you talk about the offensive line and how they did at Texas, that's our former offensive line coach, Kyle Flood. Remember, he was the head coach at Rutgers. Yeah, um, Sark took them with him, and you saw they were really well coached. Not to say coaching really makes that much of a difference in a game like this. It's a lot of talent in the scheme, too, and they just did a better job. You got your butt whooped. Alabama got hit in the mouth. They did all that talking. We heard all the whole thing about how, you know, it was going to be joyless murder, and I bought into it. I'll be honest with you. I was a fool, and I bought into it. The whole let the naysayers, everything else, let's let the naysayers know. Um, it didn't happen. Jalen Milrow is not that guy like I originally thought. And I thought because he was going to be the guy, Saban, I trusted you. And absolutely, I've got to go back and stick to my guns of what I said during the spring and into the summer is this guy is a spread option quarterback. He can do pretty good things running the, running the football, but he does not process quick. He throws a terrific deep ball. But if you load up, take away the perimeter, and you're going to take away the deep ball, especially when, you, when you're when you basically burrowing down on the guy. The offensive line for Alabama did not show up at all. They were horrible. But when Jalen Milrow is basically still trying to go for the deep ball in the big play, it's going to cause a lot of sacks, and he held on to the ball. That was problematic. 
Um, it was not a good marriage to have him running this offense along with what he was trying to do. So at the end of the day, Alabama's got to go back, um, go back inside. I still think this is a championship roster, but that is not a championship quarterback. I'm sorry, Jalen Milrow. I thought the defense did pretty well for Alabama, but they were completely gassed. But they also have to do a better job of getting pressure on the quarterback. Twins, twists, stunts, blitz in the corner, get after it. Do what you got to do. You're going to have to get creative with it, Kevin Steele. Um, and I think that starts also with um, using a little bit of the 3-3-5 Sam. We were using two more of the outside line linebackers and two D tackles in there. You know what I mean? Getting a little bit faster off the edge letting them just come off and pinning their ears back. Don't worry so much about keeping them within the pocket. Uh, really let these guys go around the outside and letting them bend and twist and get get underneath there. Um, to me, it, like I said, it was it was more about what I saw, how good Texas was. And um, they were they were well prepared. And they, they beat Alabama where it mattered the most, and that was in the trenches. And a lot of that was, you know, just just they were better there. I can't say can't say any more about it. Whether or not Alabama is going to talk about how they they didn't have good energy for it or whatever. No, it, it's just that you got beat, and you're going to have to pick your bounce piece up, go back to the drawing board, and get after it. Michigan looked good this past week. Georgia started off a little slow, and then they got after it, you know. But Michigan started off slow too. Uh, Florida State did too, but they then picked it up, 66 to 13 uh, over Southern Miss. Ohio State started off slow, but then got it going, winning 35 to 7 over Youngstown State. USC dominated Stanford 56 to 10. Penn State looked good. Uh, Washington still looks really good. To be honest with you, the, the big games that we need to talk about that we didn't know who was going to win the football game or not. Utah defeated Baylor 20 to 13, very close. Oregon was really challenged by Texas Tech, won 38 to 30. Luckily, Bo Nix had some magic in the fourth quarter. LSU got back on track. Uh, Kansas State and Troy were close for a little while, but then uh, Kansas State just pulled away, man. 42-13, too much physicality. The big game, man. How about North Carolina having a comeback with Drake May and winning 40-34 to over Appalachian State in overtime? They were really, really on the cusp of losing. Oklahoma looks a little bit more human this week, only winning uh, 28-11 over SMU. Washington State upset Wisconsin 31-22. I told y'all, man, watch out. Watch out for Washington State. This is a damn good football team. And I was like, hey, man, Cam Ward, their quarterback, is an awesome, awesome player. So watch out for him. Ole Miss and Tulane had a really good back and forth. It just kind of bums you out, though, that, um, you know, you know, Ole Miss won 37-20, but the backup quarterback had to go for uh, Tulane. So that just kind of sucks, man. Uh, you would have loved to see him go. Colorado State Hawk, guys, they defeated Nebraska 36 36- to 14. The big matchup, though. How about this one? Miami dominated Texas A&M late in the game, 48 to 33. Tyler Van Dyke, 374 yards through the air, five touchdown passes, completely blown away. So basically, guys, all the other teams won like they should, but looks like Georgia and these other teams like Michigan and Ohio State that we picked to get really far into the, you know, towards the end of the season. To me, they just look like they're kind of sleepwalking right now. So we haven't seen the real version of them yet. They're winning um, by some style points, but not like A-plus style points. So Thursday night, tomorrow, it's going to be a battle of South Florida. you got Bethune-Cookman uh, at Miami, who is now ranked 22nd in the country. Look, it's it, there's no spread. Miami's going to kill these guys, right? So that's going to be on the ACC Network, 6.30 p.m. Saturday, September 16th. How about this one, man? 11 a.m., ABC, Florida State at Boston College, who's 1-1, one one, 
Over under 49, Florida State favored by 25 and a half. Jordan Travis and the boys should get it done, man. And, uh, yep, I'll be picking them all day long. Look out for Keon Coleman, though, to have a huge, huge game in this uh, in that game. Penn State at Illinois, 11 a.m. Fox. Penn State favored by 14 and a half, over under 48 and a half. They're going to dominate. Uh, Drew Allard getting it done through the air. Can't wait to see what he does um, against Illinois. Should be a good contest for a little while, and then Allard pulls him a Pulls them away late in the game. ESPN, 11 a.m., number 14, LSU at Mississippi State. Mississippi State quietly 2-0. LSU favored by 9.5, over under 53. Uh, I'm going to pick LSU in this matchup, um, but watch out. You know, Zach Garnett, he took over. Um, you know, took over for Mike Leach. Uh, rest in peace to the Pirate. But I think they're going to play really, really motivated. And I think just kind of talent takes over in late in the second half for LSU and Jaden Daniels and then pull away. 11 a.m., SEC Network, Kansas State at Mizzou. Number 13 in the country, excuse me, number 15 in the country. Kansas State favored by five, over under 48. Remember Will Howard starting now, Kansas State, Mizzou. Oh, man, this is going to be a good contest, I think. I think uh, I think you got to go with Kansas State. Even though it is at Mizzou, Eli Drinkowitz is doing some good things. Watch out for Schrader, the running back. I think Kansas State gets a ton. 1 p.m., Pac-12 Network, Utah hosting Weber State. We know Utah's going to dominate, right? All right, 1.30 p.m. on Peacock, Notre Dame, number nine in the country, 3-0 on the year, hosting Central Michigan. Yeah, they're going to dominate. Yep, 34.5 over under. Remember, SMA, Sam Hartman. Get ready, guys. These guys are killing it right now. Great contest. 2.30 p.m., CBS, South Carolina at Georgia. Georgia favored by 27 and a half over under 54 and a half. I want to pick at the beginning of the season. I thought this was going to be a trap game in that um, South Carolina could actually pull off the upset, but that offensive line, it's just not really great for South Carolina. It's not, it's not holding up at all. And uh, I, I do think they're going to cover. I don't think they get beat by 28 points. I just haven't seen enough out of Carson Beck and that Georgia offense to really make me that big of a believer that they're just going to go out there and dominate South Carolina. Um, but I would say, yeah, Georgia's going to win this matchup by probably two or three touchdowns. Um, I'd love to see Spencer Rattler throw it all around the yard and beat him. Um, like I said, if this offensive line was better and give him and would give him more time, I would say it all day long. But I, I'm just right now, I'm not a, I'm not a believer um, in the South Carolina offense to get it done. I do love the play calling of Dow Loggins, but you can just tell that he has no belief in that offensive line right now. So Georgia wins this game, like I said, two or three touchdowns. Alabama looking to bounce back, number 10 in the nation now, at South Florida, favored by 32, over under 61 and a half. It's going to be played at Raymond Jane Stadium there in Tampa. Where it is this week, Tyler Buckner has been working with the ones at quarterback. That's the Notre Dame transfer. So Milrow, I don't, I don't know if he's going to start or not. Um, but it looks like Buckner um, is definitely going to be involved in some way, shape, or form. I don't know if that means Milrow starts and it's a short hook and it goes to him. Like I said, I think the guy can beat lesser competition within this offense. But when you're a deep, when when you when you when you want to throw the deep ball, excuse me, as I get tongue tied, when you want to throw the deep ball, um, and you don't have a whole lot of time, you're going to get sacked. You're going to get sacked. If you cannot throw that layered route, which is so much of what Alabama does, but over the middle linebacker and safety, you're in trouble. Now, he does a great job doing it in the middle of the field with a seam route. He does. 
At the same time, though, we're talking about hitting it over the sideline, rolling to your left, rolling to your right. He's got to do a much better job of that. I don't think Milrow is going to start this game. I think Tyler Buckner is. I think it was made very clear to a lot of different people that Milrow would start this season, and we would see how it would go against Texas. They said that he thought about being that Saban thought about benching him during the game, but every time he thought about it, Milrow would come back and have a pretty good drive. Well, we need long, sustainable drives. Hit your guys. Remember, a short pass for six yards is just as good as a short as just as good as a run. Those are body blows. Get the ball out on the perimeter. Do some different things. I think Tyler Buckner is who you have to go with. Setting the pass protection. I had a lot of back and forth with people on Twitter. You can sit there and say what you want to about the offensive line. The pass protection, setting it, setting the protection is key. Is absolutely key. Recognizing the blitz. If you see the blitz coming in you at the middle, get ready to bail out a little bit maybe. You know what I mean? Work around that tackle. Navigate through the pocket. These are things that I was trying to get up, uh, trying to get across to people on Twitter. So in my opinion, Alabama's got to work on these things, and I hope to see Tyler Buckner. Sorry for spending too much time on that, but I had a lot of questions about my feelings about the Alabama uh, Crimson Tide football team. San Diego State, as Alabama's going to win by more than 32 and dominate. San Diego State at Oregon State, FS1, 2.30 p.m. Oregon State favored by 24.5, over under 48.5. Love what I'm seeing right now for DJ Ua Ungale. Give me the Oregon State Beavers, baby. ESPN2, Oklahoma at Tulsa, number 19 in the country, 27.5 favored by that, over under 59.5. Give me Dylan Gabriel and the Sooners. ESPN, Minnesota at North Carolina. North Carolina favored by 7.5, over under 50. North Carolina doesn't look good right now, guys. They look really sloppy. Drake May does not look like him like himself from last year. Maybe it's him losing Josh Downs at wide receiver. I don't know. The offensive line doesn't look as good. They Look, they dominated South Carolina from their front, and then last week they really struggled with Appalachian State. Maybe it was a letdown. I'm not sure what was going on. Trap game. But right now, from what I'm seeing from Minnesota, they're a little bit more physical. Um, I'm, I think I got to take North Carolina still in this matchup. But don't be surprised if, if Minnesota, led by head coach PJ Fleck, and them win this football game. They've got some really good playmakers still. 2:30 p.m. ACC Network, Northwestern at Duke. Give me Duke, favored by 18 and a half, over under 48 and a half. Riley Leonard and the boys get it done. Western Michigan, one on one on the season, going at Iowa. 2:30 Big Ten Network. Iowa favored by 20 and a half, over under 43. Give me the Hawkeyes. Uh, it'll be low scoring, though. They don't they don't put up a whole lot of points. It's ball control all day long with former Michigan quarterback Cade McNamara at the helm. Western Kentucky at Ohio State. Ohio State favored by 28, over under 64. Yeah, Ohio State's going to dominate. Uh, but they're going to have to be careful. Remember, Austin Reed is the quarterback at Western Kentucky, and they have a high-flying quarterback passing a tag everything is featured around the quarterback on that offense and he can sling it 4 p.m peacock number eight washington at michigan state washington favored by 16 over under 57 and a half mel tucker will not be coaching this game for michigan state he's got sexual harassment charges going on right now he's been suspended i don't know if he's going to keep his job or not he just got that big contract last year i still would pick michael Penix jr at washington in this matchup love what i'm seeing from them um, Roma Dunsey, Jeremy McMillan, the wide receivers at Washington are just that special. I'm going to go with Washington no matter what. But I, 
I, I love Mel Tucker. I'm, I'm really shocked by this news. This really sucks, man. Washington State hosting North Northern Colorado. Washington State, of course, now the number 23 team in the country. Give me Cam Ward and them all day long. They're going to kick their butts. UCLA hosting North Carolina Central. Give me uh, Dante Moore and UCLA to dominate in this matchup. This is going to be a good one. 6 p.m. ESPN. Tennessee at Florida. Tennessee favored by 6.5, over under 59. Yeah, give me the Tennessee Volunteers all day long in this matchup. I'm not a believer right now in Florida whatsoever. Um, Still, I mean, I I still don't know what I saw against Utah. So I'm going to give Tennessee. They're just the better football team right now. Bowling Green at Michigan. Michigan favored by 40.5. Over under 53 and a half. They're still the number two team in the country. Guess what, guys? Michigan all day long. Blake Corum down their throats. SEC Network. Georgia Tech at Ole Miss. 6.30 p.m. Ole Miss, the 17th ranked team in the country. Favored by 19. Over under 63 and a half. Yeah, give me, um, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, give me Ole Miss. Give me Jackson Dart. Give me Quinshaw Junkins. They're going to do some damn, they do, do the damn thing. Defense looks improved under uh, Pete Golden. I, I got to be honest with you. Uh, Tulane was really doing some good things, and Golden made adjustments at the half and did a good job, man. Um, I still hate you, um, but maybe I can't blame you as much for the defense um, uh, as much as I used to. Uh, 7 p.m., Longhorn Network, Texas, number four in the country now after the big win over Alabama. They'll move up from 11-4, to 2-0 on the year. Texas favored by 28.5, over under 48.5. You worry about the whole win hangover over Alabama. Are they going to come out there and give Wyoming their best fastball? Wyoming is very, very underrated. They're going to get after it. They're a good physical football team. So give me Texas big. Maybe they start off a little slow, but Quinn Ewers looked like the real deal. I got to give credit to him. He looked so comfortable back there. He was slinging the football all, all over. I love the touch that he was doing on the deep balls to let Xavier Worthy run over, run under it. That tight end Sanders was an absolute matchup nightmare for Alabama on the defensive side. This guy just kept getting open. Um, that offensive line, they're world beaters. Love what I saw from the freshman um, outside linebacker, Anthony Mitchell. Remember we talked about him last year and uh, recruiting. This kid was going to be a deep, a dip, big-time difference maker. And, uh, man, he got he got after it. So, Texas, man, I don't know how for real they are, but I will say this. I'm glad I picked them to win the Big 12. I really felt like they would. Uh, anyway, it's a good football team. Pac-12 Network, 7 p.m., Hawaii at Oregon. Oregon's going to dominate. They're favored by 37.5, over under 69. Um, do expect some big-time passing numbers from Schrager, their quarterback at Hawaii, because it's Timmy Chang calling the game. But, uh, yeah, um, Oregon's going to win big. Colorado State at Colorado, big-time matchup, 9 p.m., ESPN. I think college game day is going to be there. Colorado favored by 50, uh, 23, over under 59. Give me prime time and the boys. Yes, yeah, sure. Dear Sanders, definitely the, right now. He's in the Heisman conversation. Love, love what I see from him. Edwards, the running back, is absolutely awesome. Weaver, at wide receiver, Travis Hunter. It's all deadly for Colorado. I love, love what I'm seeing from them. Until they face some of the better competition in the Pac-12, though, uh, yeah, we they're going to win their football games, I feel like. But, yes, I did have a question about this, so I will answer it. When it, regarding Colorado, I am aware how good they look, guys. I am absolutely aware. Um, but when they face off against some of the better matchups, it's going to be tough for them, guys. It is going to be very, 
very tough. They have a really tough schedule, and you know Dion's got. I mean, look, you know Dion's going to have them prepared. We don't know how good TCU is right now. It does not look great, and we don't know how. I mean, Nebraska's 0-2. This was a team that, um, you know, a lot of us were not high on. Anyway, we knew that Matt Rule, it was going to take him a couple years. Scott Frost did not leave it in the best of shape for him. So that's where we're at when we're talking about Colorado right now. Two good wins that you need to have, and they did it in an impressive fashion. But at the end of the day, when they face off against Washington, USC, Oregon, Utah, and all them, that's how we'll know if Prime has really arrived. Same for Shadur Sanders and Travis Hunter and the boys. But, yeah, I, I'm excited for what they're doing right now. They're playing with a lot of swagger, no doubt about it. you got to be impressed, right? Everybody's still impressed by them. All right, so episode 76, the theme was title track, pick up your mouthpiece. For your teams that got hit in the mouth, pro and college, look, they got to pick it back up, and they're going to go back out there and put it on the line again and again and again. So I'm super stoked for this week of football. As always, I know my team got their butts kicked. I'm eating crow for it. They don't look like a college football playoff team right now. I don't know what the end result will be. It will now be a week-to-week basis. I shouldn't have trust the mouths of some 20-year-old kids, but hey, they looked, they looked, they had me believing because it was they've never really given me a reason not to trust them. Alabama, when they're talking, and they usually back it up. They didn't walk the walk and talk the talk. They didn't talk the talk and then back it up with the walk. So um, as we say on the streets, you know, you got to back it up. And uh, yeah, that's what you got to go do. For your programs out there, hope you you enjoy this weekend of football. And uh, man, I hope it's exciting. I hope you have a great time. So thank you so much for listening to my turf. Remember, tell your friends, Apple Podcasts and Spotify are the available platforms. Remember. MyTurfShow at gmail.com. If you want to interact with me, the show's host, and my Twitter X handle, RFMarsha11. Thank you so much again, everyone. Hope you have a lovely week. Uh, Yeah, lovely rest of the week and great weekend. Take care, everyone. Episode 76, pick up your mouthpiece. That's a wrap, folks.